to Sugar Coated. I'm your host, Adrian Garland, the CEO and founder of She Leads Media. For far too long, women have been conditioned to sugarcoat their words, their actions, and the way they show up in the world, and to conform to certain cultural norms and ideals. This is inherently designed to keep those who are outside of the norm from gaining power, prestige, wealth, and influence, preventing more women from being recognized and respected as the powerful leaders that we truly are. Join me each week as we dive into raw conversations with remarkable, uncompromising, and inspirational women that will encourage you to strip away your sugar coating and move boldly in the direction of your magnificent dreams. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Sugar Coated. I'm your host, Adrienne Garland, and I am very excited today to welcome my next guest. Her name is Melinda Watts, and she's the CEO of Made for More. She's a Sacramento-based family, lifestyle, and travel influencer, a worship leader, pastor, and a wife to William, and a mother to four children. Uh, She is a singer. She is an entrepreneur. She is an advocate. And she's just so amazing. And I cannot wait to dive in and learn about everything that Melinda is doing. So welcome to Sugar Coated Melinda. Thank you so much. I'm so glad to be here with you. Oh my gosh. So you and I have connected through a mutual friend of ours and she just said such glowing things about you and so I know I knew that I had to invite you onto the Sugar Coated podcast. Thank you. Oh, I'm I'm so happy to welcome you here today. So I know that you do so many things and I think that is so characteristic of women, especially driven women. You are an entrepreneur, you are a creative, you have an amazing voice, uh, you have so many accomplishments under your belt. So I would love for you to give us a little bit of your background and sort of how you uh, came up through this whole entrepreneurial world. Well, I am originally from New Jersey. I've down in southern New Jersey, close to Philadelphia. And I've always been a singer. I I grew up singing in church, singing at concerts around town, and just have always loved music. But music didn't run in my family. My family was not musical. So I was just this, this lone ranger in the musical world. And I actually had to learn music from my neighbors who were my babysitters too. (laughs) And so I started this journey of singing and traveling at a very young age, singing. I went on my first international tour with a group of friends and we sang and I was about 17 years old. And so right after I graduated college, I moved to California and I started my life there. As far as I met my husband there, I had my kids there. I um, joined a church there. I started um, worship pastoring and worship leading there. California um, has been my life since. So mm-hmm. I, in the meantime, though, I had become a high school teacher oh. because I had gone to college. Yeah, that's another part of my story that I don't share that much about, but it's true. I was a high school teacher for about six years. And during that time when I was a high school teacher, that's when I knew that there was something going on way more than music. 
Mm-hmm. I knew that I had other passions. See, I was born with a gift to sing. And so when you have that at a young age, you kind of, that becomes a little bit of your identity. But once I started teaching high school students, I found my passion in mentoring and coaching and um, really pouring into the next generation. And so I started organizations for teen girls as a teacher. Mm. Fast forward a little bit past that time, I landed a record deal and I started doing music full time. And it was I was just traveling as an artist at that time. Mm-hmm. So, but again, that tenure of six years as a teacher, that's what shaped my entrepreneurial journey because mm-hmm. I would create programs, create products, create books, create courses, create programs for the students. And it wasn't until I started hosting my own events, writing my own books, hosting my own camps for girls that I realized there's so much more to me than just singing. And so that's how I. I started out on that journey. Oh my goodness. That is absolutely incredible. And I, I I love it. So I think it's so interesting how, you know, you're you're teaching these high schoolers and they're so they're so awesome and they're they're so full of hope and that, you know, nothing can kind of stand in their way. How did it kind of come about? Like what type of a teacher were you and how how did it come about that they either asked you to create some things or or there was a situation that you said, hey, let me create something for these students to go above and beyond what is being taught as you know part of the curriculum? Well, no, actually what happened was I was a teacher and the students, I was very close in age to the students. Ah. I became a teacher at the age of 21. Oh my goodness. Yes. And my <laughs> students, my students were about 17, 18. Yeah. And their senior year, right? So I began to notice that there were so many disparities amongst, I, I, I worked in a very crime filled urban area. I mean, when you're first becoming a teacher, you take what you can get, right? You yeah. get the job that lands you first. And and in these types of schools, there were a lot of openings. There was a lot of overturn in the staff. So mm-hmm. I jumped on it. And, and lo and behold, it was the best decision I could have ever made because it showed me that I had a passion to see younger teens walk in another level of living. Like I wanted them to learn life skills. I wanted them to see have personal development, professional development. And so I created the program for the school and they actually allowed me to test run it. Wow. At the school. <laughs> and they created something called seventh period. And mm-hmm. they would have six periods during the day. After six periods, everyone would go home on the buses. But that seventh period was for people who wanted to stay after school and get credit for it. And it was really like classes like cooking or life skills or, or you know, um, shop was what we would call it. They wanted to work <laughs> on cars. And, and I loved it. And so I presented my entire curriculum and program to the school. We took it to the school board and the rest is history. I started that and it actually was adopted by the school district a few years later for um, young ladies. That is absolutely incredible. I, I love yeah. it. It's like entrepreneurship out of the situation, out of the opportunity that yeah. you find yourself in. And I love that you're continuing to do that to this day in all these different forms. I mean, you mentioned a, a camp 
for teen girls, which sounds amazing. And you also put on programs for women entrepreneurs as well, correct? I do. I do. Now, I don't host the camps anymore. That was a, a period of maybe five to six years. And I was still flowing from out of what I was as a teacher. And I did take a break for about five years because I felt like I was so close in age to the to the kids at the camp, I didn't have a lot of development time for myself. Yeah. And that's when I felt like, you know, life was happening. I was, I got married. I was having children of my own. So I wanted to really be able to be in mom zone and really pour all that energy into my children. Yeah. But then you know how it goes. Life <laughs> comes around. And if you're called to it, if you're meant to do it, it's going to bite you again. <laughs> and I found myself completely immersed in working with women entrepreneurs, especially new women entrepreneurs, Mm. especially young uh, millennial women who have never considered having their own business. They were in a a regular nine to five mentality, but they were so passionate about other things. And if you can see anything in my life, I know how to go from having a passion for something into actually walking in it. So that's Mm. what I started doing. and And I just love, love this season of my life where I get to see the light bulb go off in someone who never thought that he could do it. And mm. it's just the best feeling in the world. I, I hear you. So I actually teach at MIU students that are, you know, in their, in their 20s, usually early 20s. And I teach an entrepreneurship class, actually. So many of the students, you know, come into the class because they're kind of interested in, in entrepreneurship. And when they leave you know, sort of their reflections are, I never thought I could be an entrepreneur, but now I know that I can, you know, and we do a lot. Oh gosh. It just, you know, it's like, it explodes my heart. That's why I continue to do it. But it's so interesting because what we do a lot is we talk about ourselves as individuals. Mm -hmm. And, you know, sometimes I say, oh, this is, you know, this is like therapy because you really have to know yourself and be confident in your abilities to recognize that this is an option for you if you want it to be. And I, I feel like in the schools, entrepreneurship is something that Sometimes they talk about, you know, on the side, but it is such an incredible career path because it it allows for such creativity and and also discipline, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I do think that it's something that kids who are a little bit younger in high school, if they can be exposed to and if they can understand that you know, they can do something like this. You don't have to go work in, you know, this corporate nine to five world and you can be really happy and really successful. That's true. You can. And that's exactly what I try to show um, the young ladies now. A lot of them are in nursing and I just show them like, no matter what kind of trade you're in, no matter what field you're in, if you have another passion for things kind of bubbling on the inside of you, you can be an entrepreneur. Mm. There's so many avenues to it now. There's just so many avenues for passive income, especially with the way our economy is right now. We definitely, you know, want to encourage them to, tr- to try and create streams of income for themselves. 
Mm, I, I really like that. And I, it's so important for younger women, especially to know that they do have this as an option, because we all know the statistics that women only make whatever it is, 80 cents on the dollar. And for, you know, people of color, uh, Hispanic, anybody else, it's even lower than that. And so it's like we're starting behind the the start line. And so we need to do everything possible in order to, you know, build our wealth because it really, it's so true. You know, when you have wealth, you have power, you have freedom to make decisions, you have control over your your life. And just like you're talking about, you know, there are different stages and phases of life. And you want to be able to know that you can, you know, move and groove and change and move on to the next thing and create something around you that that fits into your life rather than you trying to fit your life into something that someone else has prescribed for you. Absolutely. Which doesn't work. Yes, absolutely. It doesn't work. And you have to be able to really find your own zone, your own lane. And I think that's the most powerful thing, just being yourself. Yeah. Oh, gosh, I totally agree. And I I, I imagine that that's something that with these young women, I mean, I I, I think that they're probably a little bit more progressive than when I was in um, high school. But I can imagine that a lot of these younger women, you know, we often suffer from low self-esteem, lack of confidence. Um, and so I'm, I'm actually curious, what what are some of the things that you hear from these young women about, you know, any type of reservation about starting their own business? You know, the biggest thing that I find is that these young women, they have incredible ideas and they have big passion, but they don't have the mindset to believe that they actually can be successful. Mm -hmm. That is the number one thing that I have really tried to combat. And and I believe because women, we grow up being taught that we should be mothers, we should be nurturers, we should be smart, we should be kind. And sometimes that doesn't yield itself for us to have the grit and the tenacity to get out there in the marketplace and be a competitor. I mm. feel like we are so we are so programmed to be safe, to play it safe, to in some cases play it small. We need mm-hmm. to be able to have something concrete that we can put our finger on and we get limited options in that in that regard. So yeah, that's the number one thing I find that their mindset to believe that they're even worthy of doing it, that they can do it, is what I have to work with the most. Yeah. I, I think, and unfortunately, as women get older and if they haven't started something, they they suffer from this, you know, mindset as well, especially if people have been, you know, working in the corporate world and they're trying to start a side hustle or maybe get out of corporate, that this, you know, less than type of mentality or I must do for someone else before I do for myself. Exactly. It's, that groove is is even deeper. And so it's like harder to, to climb out of. I, actually, I wanted to ask you something. Okay. Uh, so early on, you had this incredible gift and you were 17 and you started traveling the world, putting yourself out there on stage. Mm-hmm. That must have been so incredible for you as far as your self-esteem. 
did that help? Has that helped you, do you think? You know, to be perfectly honest, it would have been, but because I am a worship singer, I'm a gospel singer, in this type of genre, the less showy you are, the better. The less of yourself you are, the better, because you're, I can yield myself to God um, for the focus and the attention to be on Him. Yeah, I'm just a vessel, right? This is what I've always done, how I've always led my music career. Now, my true confidence began to develop, not through my music and being on stage, because that, I just, just had a belief system about not being seen. It came more when I became a social media influencer. Really? Yes. Yes. Because it was like the roles was reversed for me because in order for me to have true healing and true confidence building, I had to get over so many hurdles just to show up online. It was completely different than singing. Completely. Huh. Yeah. And I had to... It, it was no longer Melinda who's surrendering to my my God to sing, right? It was literally Melinda Watts. The person has to show up here. This is no longer about Jesus or God. This is me and what's happening in my real life. And I've got to talk about it. And that is where the true, the biggest growth happened in my life. Oh my goodness. Yeah. That, yeah. So and that to me is, uh, I'm, I'm really surprised about that because, you know, even, even so, you know, being a, a vessel for your talent to come out, it does require you to have confidence in a way because you are surrendering and you're saying, I must do this, right? Because this is coming through me. So you almost have to get out of your own way. In, in a mm-hmm. lot of ways, which can lead to confidence, but it might not be outward confidence. It's just the like, I need to set my ego aside and let this come through. And to someone from the outside, to me, that looks like confidence, right? Mm-hmm. But like what you're saying about being a social media influencer and having to be the the ego and and think to yourself, wait a minute, What's coming through me, but in a lot of ways it is, no matter what, in a lot of ways, it's spirit coming through you, right? Mm-hmm, even even mm-hmm. when you are doing the social media influencing because you have a message to share. So in in a way, it's it's sort of similar, but I can understand the fear because you are now putting all of you out there and almost opening yourself up for you know, judgment from other people, right? Absolutely. It's just, <laughs> and then also judgment on yourself, right? I didn't do this right. I didn't look good, whatever it is. Absolutely. I had to tap into myself and ha- tap into and not be afraid of what I possessed as a woman, as a wife, as a mother, as an entrepreneur. Like I had to really begin to learn myself in a powerful position. Mm. So how did you do, how did you do that? Was it just like, okay, I'm going to show up. I'm going to do this. No, (laughs) it was a lot of trial and error. Honestly, it took a lot of prayer. It took a lot of me falling on my face and being honest with myself. 
I had to be honest before I could grow. And that's what mm. I tell my students all the time. You can't grow until you get honest. I had to be aware of those those wounds, that trauma. Mm. I, had to, I had to call it to the front. I had to call mm. those scars to the front. And once I started doing that, I was able to let the light in. Mm. See, when we hide and we're not honest and we don't have anything that we can bring to surrender, it stays dark. It stays hidden. But the moment I started saying, God, I need your help. I'm a mess. I'm afraid. I walk in a lot of fear. I'm insecure. I have issues that stem from my insecurity. I play small. I don't charge enough. I literally, these things were all coming to the surface because I was honest enough to be able to say, I want to know so that I can fix it. And God, you can fix it. Once I started doing that, the chains started falling off and I started believing again. That's the thing. They don't believe that my biggest problem with my students, they don't, they don't have the mindset to believe, but I started to believe that I could do it. Yeah. And once I started to believe it, my actions changed. Right. Gosh, that's so powerful. It's so, it's crazy because it's literally in your mind, right? Like your mind can, can influence your outcome because once you think in a certain way, you then take action in that certain way. If you have that limited mindset, like, I can't do it, I'm going to screw up, I'm going to fall, I'm going to, you know, fall in the mud, (laughs) I think of a puddle of mud, I fall in the mud, you're going to, you're going to take steps and you're probably going to fall in the mud. But if you say, I'm going to do this and, you know, I'm confident and even if I don't know, I will figure it out. You, you might even take, even if you're, even if your foot goes into that puddle of mud, you're not face flat in it. You are moving on. And I, I just, I love that so much. And it is, this is so difficult for so many people and especially women. We, everything that you just said, I don't charge enough. I, I'm scared. I, you know, I play small. I, I, it's just like I can see myself saying that I do the same exact thing. I say the same thing. I know everybody that I talk to says the same thing. What what is going on? I mean, is it is it the the socialization? Is it that powerful that that we as these incredible women like think these crazy things about ourselves? Like, when did that happen? I don't even understand. Right. I think I think I've asked myself that a million times. Like, how in the world did I end up with this programming this way? And and one of the things I, I believe is just us as children, you know, we have gone through this journey of life and we pick up things along the way. Some things stick and some things don't. And a lot of times it's easier for those negative thought patterns and belief systems to stick on us than it is words of encouragement and believing that we are capable. And we have to dedicate our lives to rising higher than that and walking in what are two purposes. Yeah. I really like that, this idea of dedicating our lives to almost undoing some of these things that we picked up along the way that we were not conscious of. And it just reminds me of yoga, right? The practice. Like every single day, you have to just come back to it and 
and and say like I am I am good enough I am smart enough you know I have all all of the things that I need to have in order to be successful like just kind of step into that and it does need to be this daily practice because otherwise mm-hmm. I do think that that programming is so strong and oh, it's so sneaky you know I and I mm-hmm. think it's everything from magazines that we read when we were growing up that looked Mm -hmm. fun and interesting, but they had this like subliminal message of like, you're not a model who weighs 115 pounds. You're, you're, and you'll never be. So there's no way that you can ever be good. You can't, you can't ever, it's like, if you're not that, then you're nothing. And I think that those are some of those messages. And and then we try to be that, I mean, I'm making things up, but it's probably subliminal, right? I try to be this 115-pound model, and I will never get there. And then that makes me feel like crap about myself. And when I feel like crap about myself, that's how I show up in the world. Exactly. I'm, I'm putting out... I'm not. I'm not a model. So because I'm not, I'm not anything. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And it's Ugh. so true. You are so right. You are so right. Ugh. And I think social media, as good as it can be, just like anything, right? As good as it can be, that it also can lead to these feelings and implant these messages in us that just aren't good. So if anything, like call to action to all women, like, don't be afraid to get on social media and show up as your real authentic self, because you are then acting right. as a role model. Exactly. Exactly. You got to, because you're, you're wow. in that role. And that's what happened to me. I was in a role model, right? Lane or a position, but there was also work within me, right? That I needed to dig yeah. into, that I needed to get to. And that's why I had to put that phase of life on hold and now it's coming full circle because I'm able to go back around to that same demographic they're older now working with you know typically 22 to 45 year old women and I'm able to serve them better because now I'm more whole not perfect I haven't all the way arrived Mm -hmm. but I'm a lot much more whole now I can give them a fighting Mm -hmm. chance to go after their dreams Hmm. I, I just I just think that this is all so wonderful. So tell me what your life looks like now. Have you have four, four children. Kids. <laughs> yes, I married. I've been married for se- for seventeen years, and I have four kids. And so, what my life looks like now? I spend about fifty percent singing and leading worship and being a recording artist. In the sense of that is what I will always do until I die. I know that. And then the other part is developing and building my coaching business and reaching out to people who have podcasts, who have passions and they want to turn it into an online business of some sort. And I walk them through that Mm. journey on how to take their business. In 90 days, I have a 90 day bootcamp. I have a 90 day course for entrepreneurs and I walk you through everything from brand building to uh, making your first six figures. Oh my gosh. I love that. Now, This is so good. So can someone, let's say someone has a a business already in a certain area and they want to start some type of an online business that either could be separate or could be, you know, integrated with or 
help to enhance their existing business. Can can they also come to you? Like, do they have to be brand oh, new? Yes. Okay. No, they don't have. And that's actually even more fun for me because when I get women, let's just say like yourself who has, who have a podcast and you want more visibility or you want a different variety of guests, or you want to show other people how to launch theirs. And you want like, it's just so much more fun because I can teach them how to develop products. I can teach them how to grow their business. And they are already in the system that I like to call it. They're already in the game. Yeah. And a lot of the, the initial groundwork I don't have to lay so there's more room to dream there's more room to kind of uh, figure out which road they which road they want to go down and I love it it's uh, it's almost running neck and neck with singing I love it so much I really really do and I love building that community where entrepreneurs can come and their lives are changing I have a client right now who because I'm, I'm a social media influencer and I work with big brands and I get paid to collaborate with brands. She wanted to do the same thing. So that was a very close connection to um, my skill set that I already had. Well, she didn't know anything about online business and she just landed her first uh, two deals. And so I'm excited. Yeah. So I love both and. Oh my goodness. I love this so much. And it, it gets me so excited because I do think that women are playing small and there are ways that we can uh, expand our reach, our visibility, and also, you know, earn the revenue that we need in order to build wealth, which I'm I'm very, very passionate about women building wealth. Like, as soon as they can, you know, from a young age, or if they didn't start young right now, because I, I just believe the the way that the world is right now, we need the 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 cash, we need the wealth so that we can make we can make choices that can help to heal this planet and everything that's going on. If we don't get access to that wealth, we cannot influence decisions. And we have to, because we care more about people. We care more about community. We care more about humanity than a lot of the leaders that are in place right now. Absolutely. Absolutely. And we have to be able to let them know you don't have to wait until you're in your thirties or your forties or your fifties to try and do something like you can start that now. And that's just the way that the world is going. We need to empower them now. Yeah. Yeah. And and I think it's funny, there's there's sort of like young women get started, you know, as, as soon as possible. And then there's also another message where women that are in their, you know, 40s, 50s, that it's not too late. That's the other thing too, right? Because I see some of the women, I even have some friends that, you know, not to reveal who anybody is, but somebody the other day, she is a very close friend of mine and she she works at a particular job and there's some you know, there's some drama going on. And I said to her, let me just take a step back. She's the same age as I am. Her kids are in college. So, you know, she's sort of an empty nester right now. And so this job, I said, you know, this may be the best time for you to reevaluate what it is that you're doing and and do something else. And she said to me, what am I going to do, Adrian? Like, Mm. like, I'm done. And I just thought to myself, my goodness. And you know, sometimes I didn't want to push her because she's my very good friend, but sometimes people are just so shut off to the possibilities. And no matter what 
someone else says, like me, it's not going to change her mindset. She's going to have to figure something out on her own. But, you know, when she was telling me the story, I got excited. I was like, oh, good. Get out of what you're doing. (laughs) You know, move on. You're, You're a brilliant woman, funny. Like, why are you even doing this anymore? And she just, yeah, she was like, what, what would I do anyway? Like, I'm, I'm done. And I just was like, you're 50, you know, 52 or however old she, I'm like, you got another 50 years ahead of you, girl. (laughs) You know? Yeah. Uh, And I think we need to think like that. Absolutely. It is, it is so true. And I tell ladies all the time, Hey, you can take a chance on yourself. You can bet on yourself. You can always go back. But if you have the ability, the time right now to, the, to you, you don't want to spend your next set of years fixing mistakes you could have made right now. It's the yeah. best time to invest and to save money is starting in your late teens. Like this is the be- this is where you're going to get your best bang for your buck at 40. Like a lot of people think these are the years in their 20s to just party and have a great time. I'm saying, no, these are the years to be smart. Yeah. <laughs> these are the years to get involved in the real estate. These are the years to yes. get involved in building your own business. So when you turn 50, you can relax somewhere and go to Tahiti for a weekend. Like you don't have to, <laughs> you know, but they didn't tell me that. I didn't learn that as a young girl. None of us learned it. You <sighs> see what I'm saying? And now I'm like, oh my gosh, so my daughter, I'm trying to get her into her own. She makes music and, you know, and she likes, she wants to have like an e-commerce business and, so I'm trying to train her. I think college is a great idea, but it's not on my first on my list like I thought it would be. No. I'm more like, girl, find out what you love, find out who you want to serve and build a business. And college is going to be there. Those buildings will still be there if they're not completely online by the time you feel like going back. Like, I just can't believe that that's my philosophy on it now. But yeah, I'm just like, push your business. I love it. And, but, you know, I think that the reason that it's not is because we were taught, I mean, like, we were taught, like, this is the path. You go to high school, you graduate, you go to college, and then you get a good job, and then you stay there for 25 years, and you get a gold watch, and then you retire. You know, and you you put your head down, and you work hard, and someone will, you know, someone will notice you, and you'll get some raises and things along the way. This is what we were taught. And so I think you're giving your daughter an incredible gift to say, listen, you have the world at your fingertips. You literally can start anything that you want to and learn anything about anything. Anything at all. This little thing right in front of you, you literally can learn anything. And Mm -hmm. you can go to these incredible institutions online through like Coursera or whatever and pay like $25 to learn something that you 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 would learn sitting in a class at, at Harvard. I mean, mm-hmm. it's just mind-blowing and it's incredible. And I think that the the you know the younger people that kind of figure that stuff out and actually test it out and experiment, they're they're the ones that are going to be the innovators. Exactly. They are. They are. Mm-hmm. They are. They're the ones that's going to turn the world upside down. Yep. And, you know, I, both of my kids are in college and I do think that there is something to be said about leaving the the nest, if you will, and mm-hmm. being in a group with others who are of the same age. There's social things that happen mm-hmm. that I think help people to grow. But mm-hmm. I I can only imagine that 
there are going to be other opportunities for younger people to do things like that that don't involve college. I mean, even my family and I, a couple of years ago, we went to a club med. And it's so interesting because the people that do, you know, like the archery or whatever, mm-hmm. they're younger people from around the world that they sign up to work at these club meds and they get to interact with others that are their age. They also get to learn like all these different languages. They get to interact with all the different guests and everything that are coming through every single week. Mm-hmm. And it's it's such a wonderful like you know, international perspective type of an experience. Mm-hmm. And so I think that that there are other there are other things. I, I have a friend, she's on a she's younger, but she's on a um it's called My Year Abroad or something. And she is mm-hmm. working as a digital nomad and being in community with other people like her. And they are they go to a different country every month. And so she is really expanding her horizons and working and making money and making friends. And I mean, so I just think that there's all different types of experiences that younger people can have now that we never, or at least I was never exposed to. I totally agree. Yeah. I totally agree. So it's it's super cool. And so I, I can't wait to see what your daughter does. <laughs> I know. I'm excited. I think me, me teaching her to believe in herself, believe in her dreams, her goals, and being right there to support her. I can't wait to see what she does too. Oh my gosh. Yeah. This has been such a beautiful and uplifting conversation, I'm Melinda. I'm so glad. I feel oh. the same way. Oh my gosh. I'm so Thank happy. You. And I, I can't wait to just keep talking to you because I think that there's so much that you and I could do together. You know, oh my she goodness. Yes, I would love that. Because she she leads media. We we put on conferences and events for women entrepreneurs and and leaders. And we are yeah, and we're really committed to, you know, helping women to get their voices, thoughts, and opinions out into the world because we need to balance that. I'm sure that you agree. So there is definitely more that that we can talk about and, and do together. And I'm really looking forward to that. I would love that. I would love that. Thank you so much for being a guest on Sugar Coated. You are so welcome. Talk to you soon. The She Leads Podcast Network.